in this 156th episode entitled Autumn Equinox. Are we finished? Are we not? Welcome to the 10th year of the Coach Joe Bear Multisport Podcast for triathletes, duathletes, sportive riders, road racers, time trialists, runners, mountain bikers and fitness enthusiasts. Whatever your distance and whatever your event, this podcast aims to make you smarter and faster. We are supported by Nopin suppliers of club, custom and aero cycling and triathlon apparel. Innovators of the Speed Pocket, now in two versions, retrofitted to skin suits and used in the Speed Belt. Visit nopinswithaz.com. Also supported by Satin and using the electrical power of southforkracing.co.uk for all your biking needs with great brands such as Infocrank, Tax, Park Tools, Beat It, DMT, Northwave, Fox, Shram, Limar, I thought he was a singer, anyway look you name it it's here visit southforkracing.co.uk also, we're very proud to say they keep a roof over Martin's head. I'm Coach Joe Beer, and I'm joined again by Confucius Crocker, also known as Martin, also known as Crocker. Good morning, afternoon, evening, depending on where you're to or when you are listening to this. And at what point you download this. We are recording this at the back end of September, 22nd of September, so we'll call it Autumn Equinox. I mean, we're, we're kind of on the cusp. So that means we're halfway between the longest day and the shortest day. And for most people, this is the point where their domestic triathlon time trialing um season comes roughly to uh, a halt okay people can carry on running they can go into uh, cyclocross they can do mountain biking they can go abroad and do a triathlon or find a uh, midwinter sportive but as such we've kind of moved from summer mode to autumn mode and how are you uh, actually we should ask you how is your racing going martin oh it's awesome is it it's awesome <clears throat> Okay. Um, we are only two. We are? Is this the we, royal we all of a all sudden? Us, all of us. If I'm doing it, everybody's doing it. Right. If I'm doing it, everybody's going to hear about it. Um, we are two races into the cyclocross season. So, uh, mm. First one was, was good, windy, weather was a bit uh, atrocious, but then the second one, which was last weekend, um, was sunny. So, so far, so good. Okay, brilliant. Did I sound really excited then? <laughs> That's pretty... Uh, I... As pretty much as motivated as anyone should get about cyclocross, really. I just, I just jumped past it like you'd said, oh, I've just bought this pasty for £1.50 or something. It's like, oh, yeah, brilliant. No, no, you've just been skiving off Saturday morning rides in order to do your racing. Uh, allegedly. allegedly. Allegedly, yes. Yeah, we need to see pictures of you racing. Right, so last month we had, uh, can you remember we had uh, Ian and his Aussie training? We had Sean in Altitude, uh, James with his sprint try, um... We had uh, the, the sealant question That's from right, Debbie yeah, and so on. We had quite, quite a few, few decent questions, um, yeah. And, and not that this was, wasn't earth-shattering, but I was sat in my hairdresser and a lady was there and I looked at her and thought, OK, she looks like... Do you own a hairdresser? <laughs> no, I'm, I was at... I don't own... Okay, at a hairdresser. Um, and I was just sort of earwigging in on somebody's com- conversation and... Now, firstly, they said the uh, the expression, you know, tough mudder. So I thought, oh, they're talking about running. And then the next minute they're on about, oh, yeah, when such and such did an Ironman, um, and, oh, yeah, they they needed to put on, such and such needed to put on endure, uh, weight before their endurance track, et cetera, et cetera. I was thinking, wow, in 2017, we've got sort of people that they you wouldn't have thought of them and one of them definitely isn't super athletic, but they were talking about, and the conversation was peppered with these endurance sort of uh, 
quotes and references. And I thought, actually, that it shows how much it is now more embedded in more people's lifestyles. OK, there's a lot of people that are you know, quite happily, it's a Friday night now, they're, you know, they're, uh, they're half schlozzled somewhere in a pub and that's their lifestyle and they love it. But there's other people that have got more into endurance and the endurance community is bigger much, much bigger than it's ever been. But then we, we have chatted about this, and I think now there's a greater pressure? Maybe not pressure. Maybe that's the wrong word. But there's a greater um, emphasis on people being fitter, lifestyles being fitter, yeah. um, you know, eating better, um, you know, sleeping better, being better, yeah. you know, uh, being m- um, more, you know, the well-being a- a- of you is, is far more important that people hold it in higher regard than they've ever done. But like you said, I, I think if you look around now, they, you see a lot more people out running, mm. a lot more people, you know, kind of CrossFit, um, in the gyms, um, biking and, and swimming. So I think that kind of lifestyle shift is starting to happen now. But like yeah. you said, you you now go to places or you're at places where you hear people talking about sport or endurance-based sport and you kind of like you said in hairdressers seems a bit of a i know it's a uh, a conversation piece that people must must you know kind of hear occasionally but you wouldn't automatically think oh let's get down to the hairdressers and listen to their uh, their views on endurance sport <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah it's, yeah it's not the thing and it, and it but, took me it wasn't as though it was people that i thought it was a bit of a sort of uh bit of a sort of shock like oh oh and i, and I kind of went oh they've just said tough mother Mudder. <laughs> yeah, tough mudder, the running format. Um, Rather than talking about Susan and her bunions. <laughs> broad, sweeping statement there. Uh, and the word Iron Man and such and such. And I thought, yeah, that's quite... Anyway, that's, it was just one of those little things that I thought sometimes you realise that it is more um, around than just you going along your lowly furrow doing your training not seeing people and then suddenly you can see huge numbers of people uh ironman weymouth was there two and a half thousand ironman weymouth um you know there are events for next year that are filled out already certainly ironman events and some of the half ironman events are going that way so but i i think we are in what we can probably see in the future looking back actually quite a high spot of endurance i'm not going to say some of the sports haven't actually hit the the roof hit the ceiling and there was a piece today in uh, road.cc talking about a top mountain biker um dissing e-bikes and what they will do to you know uh, is it yamaha coming into the market and they want to have a fully like literally a motorized bike rather than an assisted bike and they're saying it's going to affect access to the trials etc etc but we're having conversations about new things now it used to be you know people people on mountain bikes were um few and far between and um now you're getting more and more people coming into it you're getting people setting their heights and people that you wouldn't automatically have thought oh they do an Ironman saying oh I want to do an Ironman next you're like oh wow wow cool and it's not impossible for them to do it people have realized they can do all these challenges but that I think they've seen other people do it and thought they can do it I can do it so you get the early adopters that were in the you know the 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 80s and 90s and then you get this big sweep happening around the the 2000s and now we're in the next lot of people that suddenly are broadening the base of endurance sport because they're just seeing other people going out they can do it they work with me i'll have a go and there's a much broader group of people that were never in that triangle before they're now a broader bottommost part of the triangle but then that's the joy of sport oh what a lovely expression it is is yeah. you know there's it's accessible to everybody most of it's for for running for instance you just need a pair of trainers it does help you put clothes on to run obviously but you can just go outside yeah, just didn't, go you, outside. didn't you have that incident <laughs> no, no no never no. you made never. it up made it up officer um okay so um i'm going to jump in with a question and it is a question from mike bowie and it's kind of end of season type question it says um, hi, Joe. Um, as the season comes to an end, how should I adjust training to both give the body some recovery time but maintain as much of the fitness as possible? And I said, what that two-liner is probably the most pervasive question that a lot of people have to they have to 
ask themselves, or they should at least ask themselves, in order to rationalise what you're going to do right now. Because if you've had, and I can think of quite a few examples, they've had their peak at uh, Weymouth. There's people this weekend that I coached doing uh, Ironman Italy. We've had Ironman Wales. You know, back end of the season, there was Vitruvian. Back end of the season races where people are actually, not mid-season peak fitness and go on. They're at the back end of the season. They hit, you know, peak fitness. They have a great race. And then they go, oh, that's it, isn't it? And I think we're all, the theme of the podcast being autumn equinox, we're all at a point where, you know, it's it's just after seven o'clock, it's getting dark. Blimey, three, four months ago, we were at a situation where um, we were, um, we were kind of not even thinking the, the evening started yet. So I think lots of people are in that point now. You've jumped into cyclocross, okay, but you haven't had like a domestic season through the summer, have you? No, so, no, no. So it's, it's different for, for some people that, you know, their work or what they want to do. They say, I don't want to do it in the summer, do it in the winter. But a lot that have done it in the summer, they do sort of say, oh, what about, what about my loss of fitness? And I always go back to data and there's uh, an example of um, a guy um, called Ken who is a sportive rider. And we know his off-season... For this particular wattage, he hits about 153 to 155 beats. By the time he gets to peak fitness, that can drop to about 135. Now it's started to wane and it's up to like 143. And it's almost like, yeah, your fitness is halfway between your peak summer and winter. And the funny thing is we're halfway between the peak of summer and winter. And he didn't rest his, uh, his, his, his wheels on the mantelpiece now and stop training. And that's why he loses fitness. It's just we've got this winter effect. So I think... Mike and other people, how do you adjust it? Well, you just accept that you're not really losing fitness, but there's certain attributes that shouldn't be at their peak. You should not be at peak volume of um, of, of sort of duration because that can just make you tired and really batter the immune system. So you can do long sessions and they take so much out of you. Fast forward six months, do the same thing and it'll feel great. So I think we see this next block for people that are in... Um, not people listen to us in southern hemispheres but in northern hemisphere october november december and just into january is is strength and skill you know it's the it's the really getting back into the gym it's doing your rollers and your, your swim video analysis and drill after drill after drill short runs deep water runs all that stuff that just says this is different to what i did in the summer and therefore he's not going to lose fitness he's he's trying to train a different attribute and the, with with what Mike says is, you know, the the fine balance between recovery and, I suppose, not losing fitness. The thing is, you you have to accept and correct me if I'm wrong. You you are going to lose fitness. Yeah, unless you're unless unless, unless you're so unfit that all you're going to do is gain fitness. And I've got people that, um, okay, probably well, I'm going to say at least. I haven't counted it, but probably at least 85% will carry on from this year and go into next year. Some have reached their goal. Um, some didn't get what they wanted and they'll go, you know, go and uh, try and uh, solve the problem themselves. But a lot of people have already got to this point in the year and they know. But the new ones, sometimes I can make them fitter in the next six weeks just by the fact that we get them doing the right type of training. But it's only because they're coming down off an anaerobic overload that they get fit in the next six weeks. But eventually they hit what is the winter effect and they might be fittest in six, seven weeks than they were actually two or three months ago. But for most people, yeah, there's going to be a loss. It looks like it's about 25 to 30 watts. Um, and it would make sense because there's documented stuff on rowers that it comes out of that amount. There's um, generally with people that do a benchmark on a bike. And the good thing about a bike and why we talk about wattage, and I know it's only looking at one attribute, but... You do that set workload, if, as long as you use the right gear and, or you're using a, a, a watt bike or some system that keeps it constant, it is just one activity of your legs versus the heart rate that that gives you. And it's amazing how this chap, you know, hits the 153 in the middle of December, January, and it does, and you see it on one year, and you go back over and go, oh, it did the same the year before. And we're not trying to lose it, it's just that's the midwinter, that's why the world record's aren't done by people look you know living in northern hemispheres they'll they'll try or if they are they're they're in the northern hemisphere but somewhere very sunny because they want to not have that winter effect and it's not it's not body mass gain it's not not doing any intervals it's often that we just are fighting the winter and i think if you don't fight peak fitness then you're not actually losing stuff because you don't imagine you're going to be doing your longest rides in the middle of november um 
it might be, but people say, oh yeah, but pros do it. Yeah, but pros have probably disappeared to somewhere lighter or they are in the UK or somewhere UK and time, from time to time elsewhere, but they'll pick the middle of the day, whereas you may be at work and unable to get out. Therefore, you don't see the daylight. So there is a way to just fudge it. There's an awful lot of athletes that do disappear to the sun. And it's not just because of the heat, it's because of that. And I, I, I think, Mike, you're not going to lose fitness because your fitness is targeted at a different aspect. Some people can swim and be strongest in the next four to five months because they're less tired from sessions so they're swimming well and they're doing good resistance training in the gym so they feel strong but if you ask them about their bike mileage they say oh yeah but i'm not going very long at the moment but you say you can't do it all mm. and in the middle of winter you're best not to that's it so in, in, in answer to the question of kind of um you give the body some recovery i think it's again like you said a balancing act between you not wanting to lose fitness but then ultimately reining yourself right in so even gym sessions for instance to kind of build your strength back up be surprised at what what feeling that gives you that does give you a feeling of oh, i feel quite strong at the minute um, but you just know in your head that if it was a long distance kind of struggle you you'd end up kind of losing out with that yeah but it's, it's it's something that you almost have to accept <clears throat> that you know you are going to lose some fitness once you accept that you will lose some fitness, then you know you, you tend to you tend to grace uh, you tend to uh, accept the the fact that you'll be in the gym a bit more doing your strength work. Mm. Doesn't mean you then try and do twice as much strength work because you know I'm not really training in inverted commas. So um, just accepting the fact that you will lose fitness, but then that's the whole joy of doing the training and then having to peak up for your for your a, a event pretty much. So. But yeah, so the gym work is good. Um, and, you know, just getting either off the bike or back on the bike and enjoying doing your, your mm. easier yeah. easier stuff. I think, enjoy, I think enjoyment bits are really important, Crocker, because I think what happens is people have been pushing like mad and they, they don't really realise this is still their hobby. You know, Mike yeah. does this around a, a, you know, a very busy job. So he's trying to do his training, but it's like... For the few that get mentioned as, oh, they were a good age group and they went on to be a pro, 99.9% .9 of people don't have, in your expression, the minerals. So it doesn't matter how many hours training you give them, that, that you know, their, their ability to be a pro sailed 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But also, it's important, therefore, that they enjoy it and they don't do themselves in because their real paying job doesn't want them, you know, with a, a blown out immune system and hardly able to work more than four hours or, you know, broken arm through doing something silly in the in the uh, in the forest trying to get better at something they weren't really trained to do so I, I do I do think this is the time to sort of if you've had a competitive season and Mike did Ironman this year so he's done his his big push and he and he got his Ironman sorted it's actually to say I'm just going to kick back you can still be active you can enjoy it. You can try some things a bit different. You can go in the gym or you can go out on the mountain bike. You can try a different set of training groups or training sessions to do. But, <clears throat> excuse me, do it Do it to just go back to total enjoyment. Don't try now, oh, I've got to get X hours in because, you know, I've got to do that. Year on year, people forget. When we look back now and say, let's, let's see what you did last year, they go, oh, I didn't, I didn't do as much as I thought. It's like, yeah, you've come up to this peak. You've got to August, September. And then it did change last year. And if you have that change as a logical, right, I'm going to think of my methods, I'm going to refine them, and I'm going to make sure that I don't just repeat everything. I repeat it because it worked, or I'm going to say, I didn't enjoy that, what can I do different? And I think, therefore, you can keep that enjoyment that's always a little bit more kept, like, back. You're keeping a bit back to go, yeah, but this isn't the hard push. The hard push is... December, January, February. That's the hard push where you're literally taking the first bit and then saying, right, I don't have to do a lot more, but it's going to get harder with time and, in a sense, it needs to be increased. And you don't, at that point, want to think, God, I've probably done the best, you know, the best the best kind of and the most getting up in the mornings kind of and all the, you know, people are almost like, you can see, have already, um, you know, shot their athletic bolt. That's it. They've done, they've done it. Been and gone. And I think if you can enjoy this bit and know you're not really losing much, it's nice to um, perhaps have the relaxed attitude to say, 
yeah, why not do some mountain biking? I'm not going to try and be competitive. I'm just going to go and do it on a low level just to help my handling or try that swim group because I've heard about it, but I've never been able to get there. I, I think you give yourself a little bit of try it and see if you like it. Um, because otherwise you can fall into the same habits and be doing exactly the same. It's like exactly the same shouldn't really always be the same. There's got to be a good amount of zone one. There's got to be things you did before that worked. So don't turn everything upside down because uh, some of it was right and some of it was wrong. Some of it will work again. Some of it you don't like it and you need to change it. But I don't think you ever forget you're doing this for fun and therefore to do something a little bit different, you know. Don't just buy it through retail therapy and think, oh, that's the way to keep myself going. Buy myself another toy to sort of encourage me. I think you you think, oh, I'll do, um, like I've got back into taking the dog for runs. And it's just like, yeah, why not? You know, just one of those sort of things. It's just like, instead of going, going all right, dog, yeah, she can last that far. She's fine. Brilliant. But it's the fun bit of it rather than, right, I've got to do X distance and do that. And I think if you go back to the things that sometimes you found fun, just try them. If you don't like them, you go, try it, yeah, I didn't like it. Or actually, that group's brilliant. And I found such and such, didn't know he did that or she did that. Great. It's, um, it's something I want to put on my list. So I think we will lose a bit of fitness unless you've got a goal like Martin of being like, you know, a, a Southwest Supremo uh, psychocrosser. Bar none. Hasn't happened yet, but there you go. Bar none. Yeah. So, but yeah, just, just enjoy now. What you, pro- what you couldn't do a couple of months ago, you didn't want to do a couple yeah. of months ago. And here's the secret. Here's the secret. Get the brownie points in now. Yeah. People do the decorating. Do, <clears throat> do the decorating. Do the DIY. Sort the garage out. Refine your your you know refine your. Uh... I always do my like IT stuff now. In terms of, I like to sort of think that it's better just to tick over and get things done that if you can refine and be really um, organised and set in what you're doing, it's going to be easy to find time then to get your training done. Whereas if you literally come off of one season, hit the ground running in September, trying to get really good training done straight away, to me it's a little bit like suspect that that person hasn't got confidence in what they do because they can't ease back and go, what's the point in like, you know, I don't need to do my maximum. What's the point in... If I've had a really busy athletic season, what's the point in thinking I'm just going to go straight into it? And a couple of times I've had that conversation with people are like, yeah, blimey, I've re- I really need to pay back the family. I've done so much. Or do you know what? I've got stuff I've got to do at work now. And it's like, yeah, this is this is a time where I notice that. Suddenly, all of a sudden, people can't make their calls or they can't quite do the training. And I think they're almost paying it back without realising it. Yeah, and and so it should do. So it should be. You know, it, should, it should be something that if it allows you to go and do your sport, then and pay for your sport, then it's got to, you've got to pay back sometime. Can't keep taking, taking, taking. Well said. Well said. Well said. Um, a second question. Um, this is from Stephen uh, Worsley. I hope I said that right, Stephen. Um, and he said. Uh, and this is connected with previous podcasts, both this podcast and the Time Trial podcast, because he says, is it possible, uh, please, to get a link, uh, the one on the website doesn't work, for the 2016 white paper mentioned on the Psych and Time Trial podcast, number 92, um, as I'm really interested uh, to read what Joe mentioned. Kind regards, Stephen. Right, what I'll do is I will put that, can I share that via Twitter? I might be able to. I'll, I'll in some way share it. So when you get this uh, podcast, go to, I might even be able to do it via Facebook. I'm thinking it's like a, a, a PDF. It may well go. It's several pages. So I guess I guess you can share that through, um, just put it on Facebook, can't you? I'll, I'll think about it, how we do it, but I'll put that up on Twitter when this show goes live as to how you get hold of the uh, white paper. It used to click through a link at the bottom of my homepage and then I had other things to put there instead. So it will go up there, gives you an idea about um, training. It's not a bad thing to read now as you go into winter about your training and what the theories of training are. And uh, I had a conversation with somebody today who had previously been coached by somebody and this person's in the, you could say, the world of sport, but isn't a sportsman as such. He's, he's not a professional athlete, but he deals a lot with athletes and athletic products. And he was saying, um, 
that uh, he's been a very busy man. He's been pushed by people to just do hard and short because you haven't got the time to do much. So do very high intensity. And even over two weeks, he's like, wow, this is completely different to you know, not go that hard. And I'm looking forward to it. And I get the bits in the week that are hard, but I also get the rationale of what we're trying to do. It's not about, right, okay, I haven't got much time. We're going to have to, you know, smash it all the time. And the white paper goes into that. So if we put out a tweet, we do it, you do it on so forth, we put out a link. And I think the best place to put that, it may well be that it goes via the Facebook page. But it's a PDF download of um, what's called the white paper. And then Stephen, other people can read it. And some of it will be actually make sense and you read it and go oh yeah, yeah i need to do that or oh that's me um and this chap said oh i suddenly realized that things i do before weren't exactly bang on right and therefore when i've started doing things that are right they quite quickly start to make a difference because they're the right thing to do not the wrong thing to do make sense perfect yeah um uh now we were going to do a follow-up here okay, okay. um you're not taking pictures of yourself while you're doing the podcast, are you? No. No, it better not be. Uh, we were going to do a bit more about Scott Bikes for 2018, because you were allowed to do a little bit more about Scott Bikes for 2018. That's right, yeah. I think we might be... Is that, is that going to go super live now, is it? You're going to do that via your, your millions? Okay. Um, what, can you, what can you tell us about Scott and other brands and for... For 2018, for, for anything like that's a little bit different, anything well, that's new that you're like, whoa, not seen that before. Well, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, um, you know, thing, you know, obviously different brands coming to market, you know, whether that be from a component, whether that be from accessories, whether it be from bikes, um, you know, so for instance, Scott that uh, released a couple of weeks ago at Eurobike, obviously they're doing the foil, um, the foil they've done for a while, but this one is the disc brake, so the premium as a hydraulic system, disc yeah. brake system. On. Yeah. Okay. Um, still, obviously, we're up in the air on um, whether people like the UCI are going to allow disc brakes. You know, all the major gear manufacturers, so Shimano, SRAM, um, FSA, Rotor, Campag, most of these guys now have got a hydraulic disc brake system. So a, a completely sealed, like your car has, hydraulic, you know, way of, of, of braking. So sooner or later, the UCI are going to turn around and go, yeah, free, you know, free game, everybody crack on. Yeah. You know, because almost most, you know, 99% of the Pro Peloton have access to disc brakes. Disc brakes. And what I didn't know was they all got a certain month or period of time with which they were allowed to test disc bikes at events yes and therefore some of them on until quite late in the day and some were right around the tdf tour de france era some or oh, not era but but kind of period and so they didn't all jump into one race all on discs they were each sanctioned a certain amount of time hence why people say oh well such and such did it but then they took it away it's like they all had time with which they were allowed to test it yeah. so there was a it was almost like there was a, a slow rollout of what was going to be used later on that's right well if you go to the zero um or look back to the Giro, you have guys like Trek Sicafredo, uh, Quick Step, they're all having uh, hydraulic disc brake bikes yeah. there. Um, 2.1 events and 2.2 events, which is just the rank of the way UCI rank these as, as a matter of importance. Um, some of the 2.2 events were allowed them. Obviously, the classics were allowed them, you know, at kind of like March, April time. Um, I've seen some of the GP events uh, at the end of this season, so just a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, they had GP Wallone, you had uh, the Quebec GP, where they were still had disc brakes. So, as far as kind of new products come out, um, it's just bikes that previously didn't have disc brakes have now a disc brake option yeah, for us yeah. mere mortals as well as the yeah. as well as the pros. Um, new players to the to, to the game, so you've got people like um, Pirelli that are coming to the tire game with their P zeros. Um, they've got a couple of compounds, 4S compounds. Um, we've got a couple of guys out on them testing them. 
So you know, P zero is almost like a hydration test, isn't it? Are you over? Are you underhydrated? P zero. Yes, you must be underhydrated. You're perfect. So you know, things like that that are coming out through, which are fantastic for us to get feedback from these guys. Um, you know, we're we're not giving them to, you know, world class racers and saying we need your feedback and them going, yeah, they're all right. You know, we're we're giving them to what we like to call mere mortals, like uh, like us. More, um, more. You're current. not a mere mortal. How dare anyone ever say that? I know, I know. But I mean, these we've got guys testing these, so I think respect we'll get... is due, Martin. You yeah. are not a mere mortal. We'll, we'll we'll get some feedback with 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 bits and bobs like that. So um, other things that have been released again as as a bit of a catch up. We were saying um, Mavic have released their 2018 um, product range where they have a massive range of tubeless ready road wheels. Yeah. Um, some are coming with tyres, with tubeless ready setups. So, you know, you might have that option in the box as well. Um, you know, with the uh, latex solution, the tubeless valves. Oh, right. um, all as all the whole package. All as the whole package. Um, we've been running tubeless tyres on a set of carbon wheels at the minute. Uh, these carbon wheels come with the factor bikes. Um, they, are, they were supposedly tubeless ready. Obviously, we test that. It's worked fine, perfect, okay. and brilliant. So, um, as far as feedback goes on the tubeless wheels, with us saying or with me saying that, you know, is the technology there yet? It is almost there. Yeah, we're we're almost. But it's there. where the rim and tire manufacturer are either the same company or certain people are uh, partnering up. So they're working rims together, and yeah, they're yeah. working together. And there's no industry standard as to how the tyres, you know, you're going to have slightly different ways in which they work. You won't necessarily be able to chuck a tyre from one brand across to another tubeless. It seems to be that's some of the differing, how they do it is going yeah. to be different. It, it, most of them most of them will retrofit each other, but some you'll have great success with and some you'll have an absolute nightmare with. It's right. just the industry standard, standard isn't an industry standard, one standard for no. all. No. It's 15 different standards that are all a standard yeah but they are very slightly different on yeah. how they work how the compound works how the um you know the latex solution works inside how the valve works how it reacts with the, with the wheel so that industry standard in inverted commas could be a long run of yeah. different industry yeah. standards so yeah. um so yeah so from a follow-up from there it's you know the, the the release of the foil disc premium as well as the uh the, the other foil discs that, that Scott have in the range, um, tubeless road tyres now becoming the, the big thing. So it's nice to see that part of the um, industry move forward with that. Um, not a huge jump forward on power meters as such. I know there's been a few in, in the press recently that have just lowered the price, slightly different, making everything more affordable, which is brilliant from the fact that if you are a number, um, you are a number cruncher, and you just haven't got the budget to be able to get to that point, mm. they're coming down, they're yeah. getting cheaper, they're getting better, more accurate, cheaper, which is kind of what everybody wants. We'll be able to arm ourselves with the information that we need. Um, following that, most of the kit that is out is kind of available to to view on the uh, on the internet. There's nothing I've seen drastic, you know, at the minute where you've gone, oh, we've looked right past that or we've mm. missed that. Um, you know, there's there's few, a few things that are coming out. So a couple of uh, different tyres. I know we talk about tyres all the time. Um, no, we don't. I, I sent you something, and we're not going to talk about that tyre mm. thing. I sent you no, because people will get annoyed. Yeah, we're not allowed to. No. So so other than that, currently as it stands, I mean, I, I try and keep my eye out on all aspects of the sport. I know I work in 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 kind of like the bike shop, but I also like to see running technology and swimming technology, mm, mm. Um, you know, even down to other sports and, you know, footwear technology for for, for other sports, um, other forms of recovery, watching things like winter sports, yeah. you know, whether it be biathlon, um, whether it be kind of bobsleigh, loo, skiing. I quite like to watch the other sports to see, A, how they've incorporated what we know through triathlon, through biking, or stuff that the biking guys and the triathlon guys have incorporated in going, well, that seems like a good idea. You know, mm. what, what what can we do here? So, um, you know, that, that kind of part of, of 
the sport in general is very, very interesting. Uh, the downside is now is there's so much information. Things shoot past you, kind yeah. of left and right, and yeah. you look past it and kind of not poo-poo it, but you just go, oh, right, it didn't seem that glorified, didn't seem that important. Yeah. There's so much info about so much info, isn't there? And then you see something, you go, oh, why didn't I pick that up yeah. before? It's so. almost who can, who, can shout, who can shout the loudest. Um, I will say, uh, what is it? It's kind of like a... Um, it's a declaration of, uh, of of interest. I am I am part of uh, no pins, but just as we were sat here and we both looked at it, there's um, some new um, socks and a new road race suit, which I'm not going to tell you about. But I've just seen the email from it, and um, I didn't even know about the road race suit. But then I'm not in the in the road race uh, community. But if you're into like aero stuff, there's 2018. 2018 sneak peeks but how you get them is to go to the nopins.com website and at the bottom you sign up to the newsletter with your uh, email so i'm not going to put this uh i'm not going to put this out there um but if you can sign up at the at the bottom of there you will get that um sent uh sent across to you and there was uh that's that uh suit i won't say any more than that oh, yeah. so yeah. it's incorporating other again it's the other technologies or other areas where somebody's done it in one bit and then moved it across to another and i had a good yeah there was a good tech talk the other day that i had with somebody in a in a it was in an interesting meeting about what they knew about something that was going on i think actually the thing about innovation is either we are noticing it more or it is accelerating and maybe it's accelerating in sport because sport is now it is a big business and there's people um, recognising that they can accelerate materials and prototyping and manufacture. Perhaps it's just for a golden age of that, but there does seem to be an awful lot. And it's not all good. I mean, some of the innovations, some of the things that are out there, it's just like, blimey, I know we could do it, but we should have asked, should we do it? Because sometimes they're just they're horrible. There's certain flavours of things that you know nobody on the planet would like. There's certain types of... Um, uh of, of of style or of, of product where you go whoever thought that was a good idea and we've all had bad ideas that luckily somebody's told us no don't proceed with that don't 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 it's just yeah it sounded like a good idea at the at the time but you might have uh, either been drunk or drunk on your own enthusiasm and you need to then quell that and think about something different but that um aero um stuff which as i explained to people when you're talking about biking, error is everything because you've got a limited amount of what you can do. You can learn from experience. You can learn if it's, say, road racing or sport teams. You learn to be a better better drafter. If you're a time trialist, you can be a better pacer. But if you can be more aerodynamic, we know that the forces that are against you are predominantly the rolling resistance and the uh, the drag. But we can't mention rolling resistance because that means tyres, so we won't talk about tyres. Okay. Uh, but to enhance somebody by making them more aerodynamic and in the past like three weeks i've had people that are going to kona people that are um sort of time trialists people that are you know multi-sporters that like to do a bit of duathlon bit of this bit of that um and when when you get some improvements you realize actually that's just a form of innovation that's just taking a technology tweaking things and going oh look we've got an improvement there and we're now at the point where there seems to be so many software driven things that whether it's a new shoe compound for um for sort of uh, both injury protection but also energy return whether it's a different shaped wheel whether it's a um you know a, an enhanced goggle for swimmers at a super high level you realize there's so much innovation it seems to be innovation is happening almost like in a uh, in a darwinian way we're almost going to be saying that we're over evolving and yeah, but that's that's what i'm saying to you is is the difficulty of being able to not over evolving i should qualify we're kind of we will evolve so many different solutions to problems that some of those won't be the right solution yeah. you've almost got to have dead end dodos yeah. to say that didn't work that didn't work but this is what this is what you and i chat a lot about is is joe will come to me and goes oh have you seen this have you seen this and you go and look at it and then you kind of go well, yeah but what you know to what end is that going you know is that going to help with training is it going to help well whatever it is and you just kind of look at it and go 
Mm, yeah, see, I mean, but there's a thousand things that come at you, and you fin you filter out ninety five percent of it, and then you pick the five percent. You go, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. But there's just that one or two sometimes that just which past your ear that you just miss, mm. and then you kind of go back and go, well, how, how did I not see that? And it would be around about the time that the new roller skate running shoe has come out, and you've just gone, oh, what does this? How does this help you with your training? And and you know it, you've just missed that kind of anatomical support that you could put in your shoe to help with anything like plantar fasciitis or something. And you go, why have I missed that? And oh uh, yeah, it came out the same time as the as the roller boot running shoe <laughs> and you know you kind of you concentrate on one thing and then kind of go oh, yeah that just looks ridiculous do you know what i think so. is a great innovation and i'll and i'll say it and i um i'll put the picture up actually is um is the app for um getting holes in the road that you trip over when you run that you um be very careful <laughs> that you uh you hit on your bike and you go blimey if i hit that again and i i went i went running and i uh actually and it's exactly the same place as it's within 100 yards of, of where i live so you you go across it a lot of times be it running or whatever you, you go across that piece of time and there was this really horrible potholes i thought nobody's done anything about that so you go on your your iphone i'm sure it's on android as well um and it's called fill that hole and it uh allows you to you know you locate the hazard on the map and it works out because it's got your phone, um, your phone sort of location. You, you give it a description. You you take a picture of it, and then uh, it, it pumps it up onto the website of your local, um, I guess it's council or whoever is that's doing your your road network, and then it's logged. And I did it, and I kind of like you know. I wasn't smug. I just thought, I hope that gets done, and I forgot about it. You, you get on, and you completely forgot. And then I came past there, coming here on may have been wednesday and i suddenly saw oh they've done all those holes oh oh yeah i did that and it was like whoa you can take a picture you can sort this pothole out and be it you don't want to you know as the clocks change and it's darker you don't want to run down that pothole and i saw some on a part that i run that's downhill and it's on the hill uh, up to the sort of west of me so you know the, the hill that I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's these great big potholes and I thought I'm going to bring the phone next time not just go on my watch I'm going to bring the phone take a picture and do it because if you hit those on a bike you would be front wheel implode without a doubt they're massive if you if you fell in there foot first you would be sprawled over and because it's on a good downhill section you are likely to come into trouble and i thought actually if we all ended up pinpointing um not where there's a tiny little silly nothing that you're just being pedantic but serious things where somebody as it gets darker and as uh, as it gets more likely that you're going to be uh, you know out running with a head torch or just uh, scooting along on your bike Find those things, use that app and get it done. Because it's amazing to see it done and think, actually, I wouldn't say they did it brilliant. I don't think it's going to be there forever and a day. But it actually has, for the time being, sealed it over. The fact it's probably happened at that point several times. I don't think they've put two and two. There's a bush there that overhangs and there's trees. And what happens with those holes, a lot of it is to do with it constantly dripping off the trees. Yeah, yeah, as yeah, we yeah. get a lot of, you know, sort of sea fog drips, rain drips. It drips and it just creates a pothole. That pothole gets hit by a car, which makes it a bit bigger. That means it's more places for the for the water to go. So it kind of it escalates its own, uh, its own demise. But at least if you fill it up from time to time it will be no longer a real hazard if you'd hit these three one after another at best you'd have got punctures at worst you'd have totally wrecked your rims on your bike and i think if we can um you know say to people and this is in the uk i don't think it, it's uh, outside the uk if you can go um uh to uh um and I got, I got to get it right because I said it wrong once. If you go to fill that hole, it shows a a blue background with a with a, a spade on it and looks like a sun, looks like a, a sun or something like that. I can't quite work out what that is, but it's a it's a spade and and it's um uh it's an app actually. I think it was done in um uh I think it was done in conjunction with the CTT or one of the cycling bodies. So it's it's seen as more relevant for cycling, but it's just as relevant for runners that run on the road. But you know, you locate it, you put the map, you say the hazard type, and bingo, you suddenly go, Whoa, I've submitted it. You get an email coming through on your email address to say that has been located, we have got that on record. 
and there's a um, a legal obligation of something like seven days they've got to get it done. It's, there's a certain tight time frame. So if we all did that and we found the bits that could otherwise be um, punctures or um, or you know life changing facial injuries, life changing facial injuries, gritty kneecaps and hands as we fall over stuff. Um, it would be really good to sort of think we can, you know, we can't totally get everything sorted out and have perfectly. I mean, they could really reset the whole of this. 10 meter bit of road and it would be much better but they'll do it in little sections because it's obviously cheaper but they'll just keep going back because that's the third time i've done this place and made a picture of it so it must keep happening um but if we did that and we did it and we thought that might help somebody else one day somebody will hit the tarmac that's filled in and they won't come a cropper um and i think it's it's an easy one i'm sure it's on other phones as well as the iphone and uh let's 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 do something that that you know if we're not part of the solution, we're part of the problem. This is true. This, this is, is true. true. Um, I'm not going to talk about that because that's tyres. Okay. And we don't want to talk about tyres, do okay. we? No, we don't want to talk about tyres. Um, what else do you know in um, your in your in your infinite wisdom? Um, like, <laughs> yeah. like like that's narrowed it down. That's narrowed it down. Like you know how to pace a cycle across race, or what's the um, what what what's the best um, uh, what's the best night before the day before breakfast? Um, would like you know. Different things work for different people, don't they? Yeah. So, um, I it's funny. Last night I was just sat down um, watching a bit of telly, and and kind of was there was I've been flitting kind of between the um, world champs with the road um, time trial in the under twenty threes, the girls, the men's, you know, and it was the men's TT. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, you're not going to talk about the red carpet, are you? No, no. Well, oh. funny enough, very something very similar, very yeah. very similar. Um, if you guys have been able to see it, um, basically, obviously, the, the world champs, TT champs are in Bergen in Norway. and um, Great course, by the way. It, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. It was brilliant. And it was it was totally different to, mm. to anything that they've mm. had before. A few people were, were moaning about it. It wasn't a pure time trialist no. course. No. Um, but they, the, they were, the UCI were allowing bike changes. Yeah. So basically, the course was relatively fat, flat. There was a little bit. <laughs> it was relatively fat. Yeah. It was, it was a little bit of a climb, but then it took you into a tight, winding 3.7k climb. But they were allowing the, the competitors to change bikes from their TT bikes yeah. to yeah. a lighter climbing bike. Now they had a strip of red carpet yeah. where where you could you could ride onto it but you had to stop. You had to get on the other bike under your own power without being pushed by, you know, a, you know your teammate, your helper, um or a mechanic um and they were stopping people from doing that. And it was horrific. For for to watch it was painful from the idea that some people were allowed to push, yeah. some people didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were allowing the cyclists that didn't change their bikes. They were stopping from riding across the carpet because it was smooth in the cobbled section. I didn't that they see that bit. I didn't get that bit. They were stopping, but some people they weren't stopping. So it right. was kind of it was almost depending on what time the you know the the, the commissar was there. I suppose. Right. Um, depend on whether he was bothered with it, where he wasn't bothered with it, and but the bike changing was the was. Almost laughable, mm. and if you think for the for a sport that has a massive following, massive amount of money, budget wise, I know it's nations, but let's be brutally honest, it's always going to be about teams mm. on that. Um, they were coming into bike changes, and it was almost watching car crash TV because mm. bikes were being thrown on the floor. They were then grabbing the other bike, and instead of just kind of cycle across a little bit of a run, hop on clip in it was almost slightly uphill dead stop trying to get yeah, the uh, yeah. trying to get the the feet into the pedals and i was watching it from a point of view of if you're coming into transition from an iron man or a sprint trier an olympic try and you performed that badly <laughs> at that you and then had your kind of split time um given to you you just go what the hell was i doing there you know the the, the transition for, for iron men just looks so slick compared mm, to all mm. this and i was thinking 
that's where the crossovers in sport come. You know, people right. can learn from these things. You know, and, and I saw, and it's it was on something like Road CC, um, a bit of a handover from a, one of a French rider riding in a peloton. <gasps> I see that. And yeah, you, you blinked. And he was like, gone. He was gone, yeah. He was back on his bike, gone. You know, he swapped from one bike to another, blinked, he was gone. And then I thought, this is how it's going to be. You know, I heard about this changeover area. And then I watched it and it was like someone faffing around on a bit of carpet, just kind of looking back, looking at their helpers, not being able to be pushed. Could he be pushed? Couldn't he? Yeah. And everybody going to do it, not doing it. And there was people getting pushed and then the commissar would sort of stop the pusher at a certain point on yeah. the carpet. There wasn't even like a line and... Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I jumped into that. I hadn't really. I'd heard about the, the bike change, bike change. I just heard about it, thought, I don't know what I'm about. But when I f- saw the first one and there was a carpet and somebody jumped on and got pushed, I thought, actually, that's a bit of. It's a bit of interest. And why was that course interesting? Was because of the speed that they could do the last 3k uphill meant that so many people could see something that normally happens at 30 miles an hour. So they could see the riders. Um, you know, and it wasn't just about aerodynamics, it's about them, you know, really pushing against this, you know, steep incline. And it made it actually more interesting than the flat out time trial, whereby it would have been actually a bit of a an aero uh, fest of who's who's going to do the same sort of ride as normal. Whereas this brought in the power to weight guys, this yeah. brought in, yeah, did, yeah, a, yeah. did a, did a, uh, a change um you know did a change affect them and it was a time trial and you could say well yeah time trial nobody nobody says the word aero time trial it just says time trial that just means you are timed in a solo way between one point and another a hill climb is a time trial but it's just you know predominantly you gain height but this was like a flat and a hill and it was like yeah actually that's perfect that that makes you think of all different aspects of um, biking and if there was a tactical aspect to changing the bike my thought is surely there's still the limit of the um of the bike weight so maybe that bike weight obviously can be put into you know a stiffer bottom bracket mm. and different bits and on the flat component is put into aero tubing and um actually sometimes i'll even run them slightly heavier because you've got the momentum of the bike so you aren't trying to take it uphill but i did think actually it's quite interesting i wonder who was like modeling what to work out what do we do do we change don't we change do we take them this up is, you know? this is yeah. I looked at because if you looked at say the top I won't say who the top five were if you haven't seen it but there was only I think there was only one bike change in the top five okay and that person that changed finished second you know was it substantial enough for them to lose first because of it Mm-mm. did they gain did they become you know, sorry it wasn't second it was uh, yes it was second yeah um, did they gain that second place because they changed their bike it would be very interesting yeah. to know how much certain people had lost on the changeover to how much they gained or lost against everybody else that did mm. change, didn't change. Some so. of those top five had uh, no, no pin speed That's rockets right. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that as well. Um, so this is, um, as, as we're doing um, this one, we were going to have, as per texts and tweets put out, we were going to have Phil Graves to do uh, an interview and some people have sent questions and thank you for those. I'm going to do that on uh, on a daytime when uh, Phil isn't swimming because he was swimming tonight when we were recording and get more questions uh, from the listeners and and that covers both time trialing and also triathlon so no it doesn't uh, doesn't cover specific running but then hey Phil runs as a triathlete so he's got you know running experience he does all three sports but to get your questions and therefore, we couldn't include it in tonight. And tonight will be a, a slightly uh, differing uh, length of podcast, but also that uh, I wanted to do it when we sort of had the time to uh, justify chatting to him about his uh, second place finish at Ironman Wales, but also to be able to get his um, thoughts on questions from people that like time trialing or triathlon. Okay, he's a pro, he's a, he's a very uh, talented lad, but you know, what's his what's his spin on certain things and he says it how it is he's uh, uh awesomely talented you know he fell off in ironman wells and it eventually you know came out but he didn't say much about it and afterwards i was uh i was um texting him about the race and stuff and he was just sort of like and he just threw it in and just went oh yeah but falling off at 90k didn't help and i went what 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 fall off at 90k oh yeah there was this spillage of somebody uh they think i don't think it was an accident i think it was deliberate that somebody spilt something at 90k on the road or thereabouts and people were falling off left right and center um 
and uh, yeah, and and one one of my clients, I must say, Mark Thomas, you are an absolute hero. He fell off, broke the mech. So what did he do? Just put it into a single speed, made it a single speed format, and rode the rest of it. That's the way. And you think you know? And he said in the back of his mind, he had me saying, as I'd said the day before, the absolute priority is to get that medal. If you're not on the splits that you thought you were going to do, don't bail get the medal because the medal's worth it nobody has a time on it it's get the medal sort of thing but you know phil, phil just brushed over it. it's just like oh, i fell off at 90k and then i've got a picture and i'll put it up of uh, his suit he sent the suit back to us because he's getting a special one done um for uh, ironman arizona and barcelona and on the back of his current one there's like all this skid mark down his back where he obviously went and hit the floor didn't rip though didn't rip so uh he rolls and the fabric works that he didn't actually uh, sort of rip it open but we'll have him on probably in a like a mini podcast to do in between this one and the next big one it's all right you're not going to be uh you're not going to be um what's the word ousted. made redundant ousted <laughs> unbelievable ousted no um and no we've, we've had some good questions but for a lot of people this is actually their downtime you know they do have a little bit of they've been full on into it and then they have a bit of downtime and uh and sometimes people can't wait and there's always like questions and this time you could tell that people are a bit like, oh, I'm a bit kind of like, oh, I don't know what to ask him. So when you get this one, make sure you get your questions into Phil. But also acknowledge this is the the breather. I notice it as a coach working with the majority of people who are triathletes and duathletes and uh, time trialists, you know, and, and uh, this time is a, it's a breather. It's getting everybody set up. It's making sure people are set for the winter. But there's a brief like, do you know what, guys? There's no panic. Can you We've say got- hiatus? If you want to, say the word, go on. You, Hiatus. Kick, kick yourself out, that's right, great, great, well done. But it is that sense of, you know, there's no like, oh, blimey, there's this race and this race, and there's still people going to Kona, and we want to get that right, but it's a small percentage. And the rest of everyone's like, oh, great, I'm so glad to be in, like, winter mode. They can't wait to say, just going to have a few weeks, I'll talk to you in a few weeks, I'm just going to, like, you know, pay back the uh, the brownie point account, I'm just going to, you know, not do anything for a while. And that's nice, it's almost like a nice feeling. Because outdoors, you know, it's 8 o'clock now, it's dark, you just sense, don't fight it when it's like this, you know? It's like, there's a, there's a, there's a point to this annual cycle. If you can't deal with that, and you can't deal with winter and you can't deal with the whole cycle of life, then that's the problem with you not getting your head around that cycle. And I think if you can deal with the season, you can quite happily go, yeah, I'm looking forward to winter training because it's got a different element to it, you know? Um, I just want to ask the question. I've got to get it now recorded. Um, you're not going to start racing on a Saturday morning, are you? Racing? Yeah, well, well you know... When we you know, go out, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, no. trying to get your, like, top end or a little bit of last minute... Not, not if I'm racing on Sunday. Oh, right, OK. So, Do you race? Uh, uh, race. Yeah, good, cool, right. race. Okay. Um, Have you done two already? Uh, no, I've only done one. There's been two. Oh, I, I think other people would have picked up that you'd done two, because that's what I heard come out of your mouth. I definitely said we. Oh, oh, we, oh that's why you're using the royal. I meant team. Oh, t- oh team. Oh, team. No, I and team, Joe. Uh, no, I and team. There's no, no. Team. Um, So, yeah. What? There's no I and team. Well, there is kind of, if you take the top off the T... Doesn't really count. Doesn't say team, does it? <laughs> it says um, team. Yeah. No. No racing on Saturday. Okay. S- Saturday, okay. so so we can just natter. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Um, get your questions in, please. Do it, even if you are like cyclocrossing or going into like a full-on, you know, bit of uh, bit of road running. Doing your you no, know, aiming for park runs and going for it in the off season. Don't think you can't do it, but most people do it the other way round. You can still do efforts. It's still possible. But I think it's also important to make sure you know when you want to be, you know, full gas, best result, the thing you really want to do well. And it's not to say you can't do other things in the meanwhile, but get the prioritisation right. And if you've had a good season, if you've had a bad season, now is time to... um, uh, pay back the people. Say thank you to your local bike shop, your masseuse, your you know your uh, bottle washer, cook and um, driver, and uh, <laughs> director sportive and whatever you know the the people that support you. Um, I always like this time of year for the fact that we can um, just uh, take a breather, have a thought about what uh, what we want to do uh, with clients, what we want to do actually with podcast things like that and um i've i've really liked this year and i know the year and over but i don't make 
resolutions for January. I think it's the wrong time to do it. I make a lot now because you've got three months to actually get stuff done while you've still got time. Whereas if you get to January, most of the time people are like, it's the wrong time to ask them because they're a bit... I think they were a bit like over it by then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just with the with the payback to the family thing, um, a thing that Joe that is close to to, to Joe and myself is uh, just put into YouTube ride for Charlie. Um, yes, there's a, yeah. a lovely twenty three minute video. Lovely from the point of view that the appreciation for family is massive, um, and if this doesn't enhance your appreciation for the family, then nothing will. But just go onto YouTube. It's Ride Charlie uh, or Ride, Ride for Char. Charlie. Yeah. Um, uh, it's about twenty three minutes long. Please, if you've just got twenty three minutes of your life just to just to put just put things down, and watch that. Then uh, it will, I promise, make you a better person. Brilliant. Thank you. We appreciate the the questions, the reviews, the um, the the banter sometimes the questions that there's a few bits going backwards and forwards we are on facebook we are on instagram thank you for listening and remember train smart and have fun